Live from Joe Biden's basement, it's the Mediocre Sports Podcast with Joey Reynolds, Ashley Jones, and LeBron Jones. On this episode, everybody is obsessed with John Morant, I don't know anything about the NBA, and Ashley has a stupid conspiracy theory. Hello and welcome to the first ever Mediocre Sports Podcast. Probably the worst thing that's ever going to exist in the world, but we shall see. I'm Joey Reynolds and the person who unfortunately has to join me is Ashley Jones. See, look, Joey, I love how you gave yourself a nice lead in, but you gave me a very, very crappy one. I don't appreciate that. (laughs) Listen, my ego is very strong and I think a strong ego is a part of a mediocre podcast, so that I think we should do that. There you go. You put the... Uh, I was going to say you put the ego in mediocre, but there's not a G in mediocre. So, Anyways, this is going to be, I don't know, just us randomly ranting about the happenings in the sports world because we are two college kids who are bored pretty much. Pretty much two college kids that really don't know a lot about sports, like statistically maybe. Well, I wouldn't say that. It's not that bad. But, like, I'm talking, like, we're not going to be throwing out, like, intense numbers and measurements constantly. Most of the time, it's going to be just conversation. And I guess the occasional me rambling about something that I probably know too much about. But that's pretty much what this whole platform is going to be. It's going to be amazing. Uh, We're both from Murray State University, which is in West Kentucky, home of Cameron Payne. Definitely Cameron Payne, the most amazing player to come out of Murray State. Definitely not John Morant at all. We have never heard of him. Don't ask me about him. Oh, man, oh, man. John Morant. Where do I even begin? <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. Literally, it's at, it's the only thing people know us for. Anytime I go somewhere outside of this tiny town, everyone's like, oh, you go to Murray State? Oh, is John Morant cool? Oh, you know John Morant? Oh, I love John Morant. Isn't that John Morant University? I mean, how do you think I feel, Joey? I've lived in Murray, Kentucky for 21 years. No one has, you know, really given the city as much love and attention as John Morant has with everything he's brought to the table. The kid's crazy. Literally. Only two years here, and now he's all anyone talks about anymore. Exactly. In his whole entire college career, well, the two years he was at Murray State, he was undecided. So you could just really tell that he was putting everything he could into basketball. I mean, sure, he probably, you know, had normal classes like you and I, but we all know that his main focus was basketball. He just knew from the get-go that as soon as he was probably signed with Murray State that he knew exactly what he was going to be doing there. It was kind of insane. It was, like, kind of surreal having someone with national national attention actually playing here. Like, for instance, we're both TV production majors, in case you didn't know, so we do, like, broadcast cameras and stuff. I got to work with a CBS crew that was here who was shooting a embedded camera-type show or whatever, and, like, seeing that stuff be here, being able to stand next to Marty Smith on the NBA selection show was insane. He was given a key to the city. He had a banner hung in his name, and his number, you know, number 12, was retired in Murray State basketball. So, you know, no one is going to go through Murray State again with the number 12. And I think that's just so crazy that he was only here for two years. I think that's the, isn't that like the shortest time we've ever had, like, retiring someone's number? I honestly would have to, like, look up to be exact, but I have not heard of anyone only being here for 
two years and making that huge of an impact. I think the last person to be retired before Jaw was Isaiah Cannon, I believe. And that was like six years after he left or something. Like, Jaw was literally less than a year after he left. And he was there for it, too. They took the banner back down. Like, as soon when John Morant left and when he joined the NBA, I mean, before he even got into the world of NBA and even got into the draft, he was getting recognized from other NBA players. Like, literally, that man was a walking highlight. And so everyone was able to just make comments about the plays he did. He's a smaller Russell Westbrook. Exactly. I think he was a. I think Kevin Durant is the one that made, like, a comment about it because someone asked him what's his favorite college player to watch and he said and I quote that kid from Murray State and so you know just already having people from the NBA watch him and just turn around you know a year later and he gets drafted into the NBA as a second pick to the Grizzlies uh, which is a whole nother topic I could go on a rant on of how he completely gave the Grizzlies a new face uh, but it's just historical like I just can't believe from me being here for 21 years I have not seen a college basketball player at Murray State have as much impact and love in the city as John Morant had for Murray. I don't think anyone has. Like, it's it's kind of insane. So, yeah, his NBA career. Man, that rookie season. I mean, he was just a walking highlight. I mean, he started off being second overall pick in the draft, went to the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think the Grizzlies, you know, they have a lot of good players. But I think the fact that they were able to get Ja Morant just really helped them refranchise and, like, rebrand. And I think they started, like, a new era, too. Like, I think, if, I, if I'm if i saying this correctly, the Grizzlies have, like, a new era of, like, their franchising and their branding every year. And they started a new one. I think it's Next Gen is the, what it is now, uh, is what Ja Morant is under. So I think that helps a lot that he they've done that as well. I feel like he's having somewhat the same impact on the Grizzlies as... He did because literally I didn't really care for NBA at all. I didn't care for the Grizzlies at all. I thought, oh, some crappy NBA team from Memphis. Oh, whatever. Don't care. And now I'm like, ooh, Murray State, John Morant, ooh. See, John Morant gave the Grizzlies, like, the attention that they really, really deserved. Or, like, they just were better than expected. No one expected the Grizzlies to do as good in that first season. I mean, granted, they didn't go super, super far. But with John Morant as their point guard, they were aggressive. They were pretty aggressive on the court. I mean, especially with John Morant and all of his assists that he continuously racks up. I mean, they just had that defense, and it fueled their offense even more. I'll be honest. I have nothing to say after that because I do. I am, unlike Ashley, not particularly a NBA fan, which is why we are calling this the Mediocre Sports Podcast. Yeah, so I can just tell Joey about how out of the loop he is constantly. I literally am. I mean, but but seriously, I mean, like, you have, so this is just me going on my NBA tangent, but you have Brandon Clark, who's a for, forward for the Grizzlies. Him and John Morant have an awesome chemistry. And the same thing with Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a center or a power forward. Yes, yes. I know them about two, him. them two together are really, really good. And just looking, I guess, throwing out one small statistic: when John Morant won Rookie of the Year for the NBA, he received 498 points. The second person, like that was that was in second place, was Kendrick Nunn from Miami Heat, their point guard and their shooting guard. He only received 204 points. That's just crazy to me. That's like double. That's like more than double. That's like a double and a half of points that John Morant was ahead by. 
And as for Zion, who is completely non-existent the rest of the time. He is a very, very good player. He's a competitive player, and he will get to the glass and block when he needs to. But I just was really sad. I mean, granted, he did suffer a injury his rookie season, which, you know, because similar to John Morant, Zion was supposed to be the new face of the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, just because, you know, they're the Pelicans. <laughs> and, you know, I just I just really think it's kind of sad that he did suffer that injury in his rookie year. But in that time that he was out, that's when everyone started putting their attention on the second overall pick, which was John Morant. And I just really think it's crazy how... I'm not saying Zion isn't a bad player, but I was just really sad about his rookie season. I hope that maybe he gets, like, more into it coming this season and he starts making more awesome plays, but I just really don't think that there was no way that he would have gotten Rookie of the Year for that year. Because, I mean, he only had 140 points. <laughs> so he was, like, the least least voted. Uh, Ashley? Yeah? Hey, you're, you're, a Murray, you're a Murray State person, all right? You're supposed to be like, oh my gosh, I hope Zion sucks because John Morant is so much better. Oh, wow, I love John Morant. That's what you're supposed to be like. John Morant is, I think John Morant is better than Zion. There you go. That's what you're actually supposed to do. Okay, yeah, now you're just going to cut that out and put it somewhere stupid. But honestly, I do think when it comes to floor play, when it comes to chemistry, I think personally that John Morant is a better player in that regard. Ja- when I think of Zion, the th- first thing, the first word that popped into my head, actually two words, is big and powerful. And because of those two words I just described, he's able to make plays. But I just really think that all around, John Morant is better than Zion. I literally have no idea about that. <laughs> I-, I-, I suppose he is. I'm slightly biased, though, so uh, we'll see. Well, actually, no, we won't see because... It turns out that the Grizzlies have been banned from playing for the next three games. Yes, I saw that. I don't think it was even someone in the team, was it? It was someone like... I have no idea. I haven't seen disclosing of it. I think it was a... I think if I remember, it's a potential exposure from... Hold on. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to like... No, you're fine. But I mean, just right before we start talking about that postponed, like in this new season of NBA... John Morant had an ankle injury and you know we've seen him have injuries here at Murray State but he was supposed to be like having like three to eight weeks of recovery I'm pretty sure and John Morant was back on the court with a minimum of three weeks recovery and he was able to help the Grizzlies win against the 76ers and I just think that just really shows you the power that he has in the team as being a leader on the court because I think I was reading when John Morant was out they didn't really have a point guard because I think their other point guard was out because of health and safety protocol violations. So I guess that's just another way of me saying, hello, I'm a John Morant fan. If you couldn't tell, I really like John Morant. <laughs> so I may be biased, but... You basically are by default. If you are, if you know anything about the NBA and you're from Murray State, you're automatically a John Morant stan, and that is it. Perfect example, like... If, like, if I, I can d- tell you right now, if we were allowed to have, like, student sections right now, people would still have John Morant jerseys on. Like, they would still be wearing his number. People still do at campus. Yeah, exactly. People, I mean, you just see John Morant. You either see John Morant Murray State colors or you see John Morant Grizzly colors. And it's just, he's just such a staple here at the university now. And other news at the NBA, anyways. Oh, yeah, please let me keep talking about NBA uh, drama 
Well, looking at my show notes, that's the vast majority of what Ashley puts in because she is a massive basketball person. Sorry, I, I really like my NBA, so I am always ready to talk about NBA. I have opinions. <laughs> well, Ashley has been hyping up massively the next big three in the NBA, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden at the Brooklyn Nets. And Ashley, what happened in their first game, all three together? Now, the, this is the first game that they had all three together was this past game with uh, Cleveland, and they lost. And they lost. The fact that they pushed it to double overtime, though, is what killed me the most. Because that's, I mean, you could tell they were still trying to push, but they just couldn't get that last little bit in. They lost uh, 135 to 147. Big sad. But uh, Harden, KD, and Kyrie, you know, they continue to drop points. KD dropped 38 points. Kyrie dropped 37 points. And Harden had 12 assists. A triple-double in that game, in fact. And speaking of Harden, if we're going to go on that, I mean, the very, very first game, because there was a game that Harden was starring in with KD before Kyrie got back. Uh, He became the first NBA player in history with a 30-point triple-double in debut. And I think that's just crazy to me to think about. And even in that, because that game was the Orlando Magic versus the Brooklyn Nets. And that was January 16th, I think. That was this past Saturday, I believe. And Durant dropped 42 points as well, as well as Harden, you know, getting that triple-double. Honestly, I think there should be an asterisk against that record because, I mean, it is James Harden, one of the best players in the NBA. Uh, Probably one of the worst players if you see defense, if you look at all those funny YouTube videos. My question is, how is the only wild card in this whole thing is obviously Irving. He's been gone on a, I don't know, what was it? A personal pause or something like that? Kyrie has gotten so much backlash in the media here recently. It's just, I could, I mean, being fined twice already in a season. Both for not being able to speak with people. Yeah, pretty much. Well, Actually, it could be, actually, that's kind of the opposite of that. The first one was not wanting to speak to people, and the second one was speaking to people maskless. <laughs> so, uh, there's two regards in that. So, the fact that he's literally forking up, like, a million dollars of his uh, salary because of these games he's going to miss because of a five-day quarantine he had to do after he got fined for 50000 which hardened his new teammate, also got a fine for being out maskless with a group of 15 people or more. Allegedly in a strip club. We don't know if it was or not. Allegedly it is a strip club. I don't really know. I watched the video and it. Uh, you. Can, I don't really know what clues people got that said it was a strip club. It just looks like a party to, to me. But still, just I just think it's crazy, those fines. Like, I understand that, like... I mean, heck, I mean, there's a lot of people that follow covid protocols here but like you guys are nba players that literally make more money than i probably ever will in my lifetime (laughs) they can afford the fines that's all it is that's what i'm saying like i just can't believe that they'll just get fined for these things the punishment pretty much nothing for them it seems like oh yeah it's just pocket change it's chump change but back to my dream meme three i definitely think it will be crazy to see how those three dynamic nba stars will coexist in one team. Because like you like you said, Kyrie is the wild card because KD and Harden played together with OKC. Back in twenty twelve, yes. Exactly. They know a little bit about their chemistry. Now if it's changed over the years, I'm not quite sure. But I still think that it wouldn't change as much to completely not make them a good pair. It was nearly a decade, so that will probably change some things about it. Yeah. 
it will change some things, but I feel like once they get back on the court together, it may it may resurface. You were talking to me earlier, and he's talking about how uh, you have concerns about Harden, Harden and Irving because they are both selfish players or something you were talking about. Harden and Kyrie are very ball dominant. They really like to get a hand on the ball and do their own little thing, which makes KD really nice because he just kind of goes with the flow and he knows exactly when to put his best play forward. And I just really think it will be hard to see the balance of offensive play between Harden, uh, Kyrie, and uh, KD. Because I was reading a statistic. I forgot what game it was. Well, I guess it was the Cavs game. They all together combined for, what was it? Like, in the offensive percentage, them three combined took up, like, 90% of the offensive power. And you just cannot have that in an NBA team on the offensive side. You can't just have three players carrying all the weight. Now, granted, these are some of the three best players in the NBA, but still, it just it just, it doesn't balance out right. And most great teams do have this, pretty much. You think of Lakers, Heat, from a very long time ago, Spurs a long time ago. Now, they definitely do not have a very high defensive percentage. Uh, the Nets do not. The Brooklyn Nets do not have a very high defense percentage. Well, that's simply because they have James Harden and he does literally nothing. But I feel like the way that their offensive firepower is will really help them overcome that low, low defense percentage. It would just definitely be an interesting season to see because they will have to figure out what works, what doesn't work. And that may take time, especially because I have a feeling that I don't know, besides, I guess, Kyrie going to uh, the Nets and then KD going to the Nets who was the last person for the Nets that really just made it, like, was just known, like, was dynamically known. I just really can't think off the top of my head. I'm probably thinking of someone really important. I'm probably forgetting someone really important, but every time I think of the Brooklyn Nets, the first person that pops to my mind is Kyrie, even though I know he, you know, played for the Celtics. Speaking of sports to start with end, though, the NFL... Haha, wasn't that the great transition? Haha, that was amazing. It turns out that the Browns are not the Browns, and me and Ashley were... The most devastated people ever after seeing the destruction of the Browns is the Browns. I was so sad. <laughs> that Steelers game, man. The Browns versus the Steelers. I was just so ready to see them take that same energy and put it into the Kansas City Chiefs game. It was just not there. I mean, they had some They had some okay plays. But, I mean, especially since Casey had their, you know, Patrick Mahomes was out with a concussion. We'll get to that later. Ashley has a bunch to say about that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Don't even get me started. But anyway, because of that happening, you know, you thought that would be a really good possibility for the Browns to make way and win. But was it Chad Heen or Hine executed a fourth and one conversion with a pass to Tyreek Hill with just over one minute remaining in the last half. And that left, you know, only one minute of the game and boom, KC to AFC championship. And I just really was expecting more of an oomph from the Browns after their Steelers win. I mean, looking through... The little team stats page that ESPN puts out. I mean, it was clo- everything was close. It's just that KC could put it over the line more. I mean, Browns did have a nice run going in the third and fourth, but I guess they just weren't. I guess they just weren't there in the end. Unfortunately, it's it disappointing. Very disappointing. That just shows you because you know Patrick Mahomes. He's a good quarterback. I really like his style of play, and just and just seeing him get put out, and you're like, oh, there goes you know Mr. QB. But, I mean, they were able to push it and win without Mahomes. So, I just really think it was crazy to see that dynamic of the Kansas City Chiefs without Mahomes. Well, we'll have to see what happens this weekend as they go against 
our old boss's team, the Buffalo Bills. I, I don't know if we're going to root for the Bills or not. Maybe we should root for Kansas City just to be able to gloat. And meanwhile, Tampa Bay could do something amazing. They could be the first ever team to play a home game as the Super Bowl. That would I don't I don't know how I would feel about that. <laughs> I don't know either. That's a little strange. The whole point of the Super Bowl is to be a neutral venue, and now Tampa Bay is going to be like, ah, oh, no, thank you. We're just going to play at home. It's going to be all right. I just really was hoping more of the Browns. I'm telling you, man, that Steelers game. That would have been insane. Have it had a, have it had a winning season like now for an extremely long time. They have not been in the playoffs since, like, 2002. When I think of the Browns, I think of... You think of the suck. I forgot what season it was. Like, they even had t-shirts that was, like, the Browns, the season without a W. Like, I mean, like, people were just, like, you'll always remember stuff like that because it's negative and people remember negative things more. There was so much self-deprecation. It was great. (laughs) I mean, and also given, you know, that Steelers game and how they really were the underdogs in that, the head coach and a guard uh, both tested positive for COVID-19 before the game, like a week prior, I'm pretty sure. And so they couldn't practice most of the week leading up to it. And that's just another crazy thing to think about is that they were not able to practice, but they still, in turn, probably outshined like everyone's expectations of what they would have done in that game and won. And then and that, that is exactly why I thought they could somehow win against KC because they were at, back at full strength. But it's Kansas City, unfortunately, so oh well. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I'm telling you, that Steelers game, he made so many good plays. Like, they were, like, spotless. They had no mistakes. And you had, I have some other stats to my left. You have uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, a total of 206 yards. And the defense for Cleveland forced five turnovers in that game. And they went 28-0 to in the first quarter and ended the game with an upset of 48-37. to So, like, even from the very, very first get-go, that first quarter, 28-0, to they were pushing it. They were ready to go. Ashley has unfortunately gone crazy and has started a conspiracy theory about NFL quarterbacks. So I'm going to leave and Ashley's going to go rant for a few minutes. Adios. It's not really much of a conspiracy theory. I'm kidding. I'm going to stay here. Okay. Hi, Joey. But it's just suspicious because Patrick Mahomes and I was I don't know if you saw the footage of Mahomes concussion, Joey. I wasn't expecting it, I think, because I just thought it was going to be like Lamar Jackson's at the Ravens game where he threw his head back. But no, uh, Mahomes took a like neck grab from Cleveland defender Mac Wilson, and Wilson took his head and brought it to the turf that and wrapped his arm around the neck area, and it like landed in a awkward position. And I think Mahomes even had a hurt toe in the first quarter of that game, and so Mahomes was just. Not having a good day, I guess, that day. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson took a concussion during their game with the Bills. Watching the Mahomes play right back. Yeah, his head, like, almost, yeah, the arm went over and drilled him into the ground, basically, it looks like. And Lamar Jackson, when the Ravens went against the Bills, I mean, you could just see his head just flew back while Mahomes' head was just brought forward. Like, someone brought his head to the ground. That's great, but where's this conspiracy theory come into play? Okay, so here's my conspiracy theory. So, both the uh, the Bills and the Ravens, the Bills and the Ravens were both having a playoff game, correct? Yeah. Kansas City Chiefs and the Cleveland Browns both had a playoff game. Uh, yeah. 
the Browns were probably the people that weren't expected to win. And I have a feeling that maybe people had more odds against the Ravens. I don't know. This is all just completely no facts backing up my conspiracy theory. But to get to the point, I think it's pretty crazy that in both of these playoff games, both of the you know main quarterbacks that people you know like to watch, which is Mahomes and I like Lamar Jackson. He's an excellent player. They both suffered concussions out of all injuries they could have suffered from. And I just think it's a little suspicious. Perhaps the most dangerous ones for now. Yes, and exactly. Because, I mean, they have to go through concussion protocol now, and you don't know when they'll get back. I think it's like three weeks, five weeks. I don't know. I haven't looked into detail. Andy Reid's does Andy Reid, coach of the Chiefs, does say that Mahomes is feeling good, and he's at a limited participation in practice already. But we'll have to see then. Okay, well, that's good. But you never know, because concussions could seriously like damage someone like so ashley who's responsible for this did roger goodell pay off the browns and the ravens to hurt them i don't know see this is this is how my conspiracy theory gets a little loose because i don't know who the mastermind would have been i don't know who the mastermind could have been i really don't all conspiracy theories are loose but i just think maybe i'm crazy and i wonder if other people think the same way i am but it's just so crazy that in both playoff games... This is extremely mediocre. That's perfect. I mean, well, good. Mediocre Sports Podcast. Hello. If I haven't already introduced myself, I'm Ashley Jones, and I say random crap that probably doesn't make a lot of sense to other people, but it makes sense to me, and that's why I'm saying it here to vent about it. Exactly. I I will just forever say that my... I'm going to call it my 2021 concussion conspiracy theory. I'm just going to keep it locked up in the good old brain up here and just start thinking about it because I just think it's so crazy that they both suffered concussions both quarterbacks suffered concussions at both for at playoff level games just seems a little sus and i mean especially like for the ravens i was expecting the ravens to win against the bills i don't know i may be completely wrong i don't stay in tune with football as much as i do basketball but i like lamar jackson and i like the baltimore ravens style of playing and they lost that game without scoring a single touchdown it was 17-3. to three. That was it. So basically, we don't know what's going to happen, and Ashley is just being sus. Yeah, I'm just suspicious. That's all I'm going to say. I'll end it there. Well, on that terrible disappointment of there not actually being conspiracy theory there, I think we have to end it there. Thank you for watching. We'll probably have another one at some point in the future. Maybe not. We'll have to see. Oh, goodness. I hope so. This was fun. I really had fun. All right. Peace. Uh, yeah, we're done now. Bye. I really thought we were more professional, but I guess that's just a mediocre way to end this episode.